Welcome to Fireside Knicks. My name is Alex with my guy here, Brett Hanfling. The first episode of this new season, getting ready to watch what hopes to be a good New York Knicks team. The acquisitions of Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, some good draft picks, and Miles McBride, Quentin Grimes. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited for this season. The first preseason game definitely gave us a lot to work off of, a lot to be excited about. But Brett, you know, what are you doing so far in terms of like your expectations for this team, at least the short term, not long term, you know, what are you hoping to see during the preseason? And obviously that first preseason game was really nice um, kind of start to the year. Uh, give us a little bit of optimism and hope for the offense specifically. But, you know, what did you see in that first game and how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. I am excited about Knicks basketball. First of all, the season jumped up on me um, because, you know, last season because of COVID, it came a little, you know, extended later. And then you have the draft and you have free agency, which is so big in NBA world these days and NBA Twitter that the season's only really been done for like a month. So first of all, the season snuck up on me. I'm just getting back into it, but I'm pumped about it. Um, and listen, this is the first time that the Knicks have really had real expectations going into a season in a lot of years. You know, it's only a year ago, but you might not remember last season, the Knicks were not supposed to be a good team. Um, you know, people were excited about RJ and people were intrigued quickly, uh, quickly and top in and, but Randall wasn't anywhere what he was, or, you know, the season before he wasn't anywhere close to an all NBA type player. So the Knicks catapulted, uh, to the four seed, um, and now they have to sort of back it up and, um, you know, going off the first preseason game, my early expectations, my early thoughts are this might not be sexy podcasting. I'm not going to overreact. It's preseason basketball. Um, you know, the Knicks looked solid. They looked solid. You know, they're well-rounded. They're deep this year. Now, I say that to friends sometimes that they're deep. Friends that aren't Knicks fans are like, come on. I'm like, no, they are deep team. They might not have the top talent. You know, Randall's their best player, but they're a deep team. So, um, you know, they played well. It was the Pacers. They, they didn't play their starters in the second half. But it was a good start to the preseason. Absolutely. And like when I was watching the game and, you know, taking a look at some of these players, I saw a lot of things that I didn't see last year, right? Like Julius Randle, he looked consistent. Like he looked like he's going to have another good year. And of course, we don't want to like harp too much on the preseason game because as you said, we don't want to overhype it because it is preseason. It's not regular season ball yet, but it's coming up on October 19th. And like you said, really snuck up on us this year. The draft <laughs> ends a couple of weeks. Suddenly we're like, oh, hold on a second. And then football comes around and it really right. just like kind of cushions the blow of the offseason. It really helps you get through it. And then like playoff back. Uh, playoff baseball obviously hockey just started yeah. so like kind of stuff to like smooth over the offseason it was like about a month month or two there that was not much going on but luckily football kind of covered it all up for us uh, but now you have the Knicks who in my opinion have pretty high expectations you know we're looking over at Brooklyn and the other borough you know they have even higher expectations but the seating in this this upcoming year there's a lot of teams that got better in addition to the Knicks, right? Like the Heat got a lot better. I mean, Philadelphia's still trying to figure out their Ben Simmons situation. Uh, Milwaukee, you know, lost some guys but retained most of their strong points. And I think this is going to be a really competitive Eastern Conference this year. The Wizards are still good. Still have Bradley Beal. Um, I'm super excited to see how this Knicks team can really compete against some of these other strong teams as well. But the preseason game showed me a couple of interesting points. And one, Obi Toppin looks pretty good, right? During he summer looks- league play. He looks fluid. That's that's really the right. most important thing. There was times last season where he was so stiff that he didn't look like an NBA player. Whether exactly. it was uh, you know shooting a three off the side of the backboard or like a, a clumsy spin move, his fluid fluidity 
with his shot and going to the hoop looks like a new player. I mean, and he ha- and he showed flashes of it last season, but for you know he came out strong in the preseason. Uh, sorry, summer league, and we've seen what summer league could be with Kevin Knox and how it could be deceiving. But to continue the strong preseason into this season, and now he's looking comfortable like a pro. It's really, uh, you know, I'm really optimistic about it. Yeah, I mean, he put up, what, f- uh, 10 points. He shot 40% from the field. So, okay. But again, he had six rebounds or so. You know, that's really what we're looking for him. I want to see better defense and better transition play, right? When, when Toppin came from Dayton, he was a transition monster. The right. Knicks didn't have the point guard play to help him exercise that strength. Kemba Walker will do that for him. Derrick Rose will do that for him. Alfred Payton was a walking blog. He didn't do much at all. I mean, they they really touted him for his defensive attributes, but he's not a scorer. He's not much of a facilitator. He's not a three point shooter. He doesn't really offer much, right? Who Payton? He's not even. He, yeah. he wasn't even. He's not even really a good defender. He maybe right. used to be in Orlando, but he really wasn't a plus defender. He was a negative, and there's very few. Oh, net negative. There's a, there's a very small corner of Nick's Twitter that wanted to defend him, but there was really nothing to defend him. There's no him ground on. there. And it didn't really make sense that Tibbs stuck with him, except that he to liked mitigate him. fatigue. He had to mitigate fatigue for Derrick Rose. That was yeah. it. Yeah. That's the but, only reason. Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No, yeah, of course. I mean, look, when we're looking at a guy like Toppin, you need to have a complimentary point guard to help him exercise that strength of transition basketball when he's running down court, giving him those opportunities for those slam dunks. His dunking is basically like the momentum electrifying changing factor when you, that you need in a basketball game, right? His uh, physicality, his dunking attribute, like if you put him in that scenario where he's making big plays like that, it's going to energize the crowd. It's going to energize the team. And I think that's what the Knicks are going for. When you have the MSG crowd behind you, that team is going to play even better. That team is going to feel that power. And I think that's where they lacked last season at times. Yeah, his alley-oop. So I was, at, I was actually at all the home games and playoffs, but his alley-oop game two, I believe, the win was maybe the loudest moment I've ever heard the Garden. Either that or maybe the R.J. Barrett dunk uh, in transition. I've got who he dunked over. Um, but you're right. Toppin is an electrifying player when he is out on the break, when he has a point guard to get it to him, when he feels comfortable. Um, you know, if, if he could get the shot going a little, it would be easier for him to get to the hoop. Um, and the, the, it's a great point. that Kemba Walker is a real point guard. Derek, you know, when you have – Derek Rose coming in for Kemba Walker. You're not, you know, you have competency at the point guard throughout the whole game. And, you know, maybe quickly will play some point guard minutes, but he's, you know, he'll, he'll be a two. You know, it's going to be interchangeable this year. But, you know, it was really encouraging to see that from Toppin. And there's, I was pretty much encouraged by every player um, but for the Knicks in, in, in uh, the first game. Just looking. Our, uh, Randall had 20. Uh, you know, Barrett looked good. His shot looked smooth. He was three for six from three. He looked strong, um, as we saw in those. You know, in the when you get the summer, uh, you know, off season picks, you gotta you gotta wait to see what happens. But he looked strong. Um, Taj, you know, who's, who's really maybe going to be a tenth man. I mean, he's a starter now. Um, he was good, and uh, it really front to you know top to bottom, the Knicks looked good. They looked like a good team. And, um, you know, I, again, now I'm starting to overreact. I said I didn't want to overreact. <laughs> it's easy to overreact when we haven't been this excited in quite some time, you know? Like, when you have all these new players and these scorers and people that you're like, okay, like, you know, Kemba Walker is a four-consecutive All-Star appearance type of player. He just missed his first All-Star game, like, last year, and before that he made four. So it's like, 
really intriguing to think about the the prospect of the Knicks being this really lavish team in New York and really battling the the Nets, especially with Kyrie Irving's situation. Who knows if he's even going to play at home games? You know what I mean? Yeah, and Kemba had – well, we'll go back to Kyrie in a second. But, and Kemba had one step back three that he buried that was just like – I was like, this is what the new NBA is. It's this shot creation. It's these step back shooting. And, you know, Rose was great last season, and he did get to the hoop really well. But Kemba's, you know, ball handling into shot creation is really um, – it's really what where the NBA is going and where a lot of teams have in their guards. So um, that one play – even just seeing that one play was was amazing. Yeah, and speaking of three-point shooting, you know, I've been doing a lot of research into, like, the statistics that the Knicks kind of put forth last year and, and where they need to improve. And one thing that Tom Thibodeau did mention is the improvement of their three-point shooting in terms of – putting up more shots from beyond the arc, right? So last year, they actually ranked in the top four, top three in actual efficiency from three-point range, but they lacked in the actual attempts. They ranked in the bottom half of the league, bottom quarter of the league in yeah, actual attempting three-pointers. There was a point during the season they were last in attempted threes. Exactly, probably, exactly. Probably moved up just a little bit, yeah. Right, so that's that's where Tom Tidbell's like, we need to be taking more shots from three, but it have to be the right shots. We can't be forcing these opportunities. Um, and that's kind of where I think Kemba, like you mentioned, the step back three, and then Evan Fournier comes into play, who was a 41% three-point shooter last year. And the biggest difference, just offensively, the biggest difference between Evan Fournier and Reggie Bullock is that Reggie Bullock is a spot-up shooter. That's his, that's his specialty. He's a spot-up shooter. He's got to be in the right place at the right time to make those shots. Evan Fournier can create opportunities for himself. His unassisted uh, percentage for three-point shots is way higher. I think Reggie Bullock's maybe was 2% last year. Fournier maybe was around 30%. So it's a much different, you know, totally different player. Yeah, and and just the fact that this is the first, you know, what are we, 10 minutes in, and and this is the first time we mentioned Evan Fournier, who was our big offseason sign-in, is a sign of just that, there's a lot of players that are can contribute to this team. And you're right. People are saying Fournier is a Bullock replacement, but he's, he is more. He can put the ball on the floor. He moves off ball a lot better. He had a great backdoor cut on uh, the preseason game. Um, I think he's a guy that really could slide into almost any team. Um, just the way he plays the game, knows the game, and his personality. seems like he's getting along with the guys. And that's a thing with this whole team. I think they uh, – you know, it, it's – sort of cliche to say, but it really seems like they have a great locker room top to bottom. They like each other. Um, you know, it's a lot of young guys with a mix of a couple, you know, vets and Fournier and, and Rose. Um, but that, you know, that, that matters, that matters, that matters with coaching. And when you have talent, chemistry and coaching, it's, it's a good formula for success. Oh, absolutely. And Fournier is like, he's already kind of adapted to the New York City life. Right? He's riding the subways, going down the Lower East Side. Yeah, um, like he's really like actually he's pretty good here. on Twitter. He it's is pretty fun on Twitter. Funny. And I like that. You know, I like yeah. players that are going to engage with the fan base, you know, really uh, take on the challenge of New York. New York is not for everybody, right? If you don't play well here, they will run you out of town in any sport, any team in New York. They will run you out of town. And I like how he's embracing it. And he's like, you know what? I want to play well, and I'm also going to be friendly with the fans and really make a difference here and, and, and try to make this a good experience for everybody. Um, but like you said before, like the fact we didn't even mention Evan Fournier. And, you know, Tom Zippito actually had a really interesting thing to say um, regarding, like, how they're going to use all these guards, right? Because how do you get, like, R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, quickly, Alec Burks? Like, how do you get all these guards on the court at the same time? That Two second rookies. unit. Right, and two rookies. And, like, how do you – like, so how do you do that? Basically, he had a really interesting uh, – 
point, his the second combination, or at least one of the combinations of players he's going to use this year, Derek Rose, Alec Burks, um, and Emmanuel Quickly all on the court at the same time. I loved the Quickly and Derek Rose combo last year. They really played well off each other. And Derek Rose like was asked, did you think that you, like people were like, oh, you know, are, are, are you going to stunt Quickly's growth because you're kind of taking minutes from him or whatever? And he was like, no, 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 that's not my plan. I just want to be like someone to help him build off of. You know, I want to be there. I'm not trying to get the ball all the time. I will make an impact whether I have the ball or not. So I really like to see like how they're incorporating all these guards. And Quickly is just not going to get buried on the depth chart. In addition to that, he looked great in the preseason game. I know he didn't shoot like exceptionally well, but he had seven assists, which tells me he's developing as a point guard and a facilitator, right? So do you think that quickly, like, what is his role going to be this upcoming season? Is he going to be more of a point guard, shooting guard? Kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's tough because you do have two real, true, solid point guards in Kemba and Rose. Um, but I do think quickly has the skill set, um, you know, to get players involved, to score. You know, the point guard position is becoming, you know, a lot of teams have their lean score at the point guard position. Um, so, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll sneak minutes, whether it's, you know, with Kemba, you know, Kemba could play off ball because he could hit shots. And like you said, Rose played off ball a bunch last season with quickly, um, on the ball. Um, you know, I, I'm expecting a lot from quickly. He, you know, came in from his rookie year and, you know, felt like a vet, you know, he wasn't scared to shoot. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't have a great playoff series, but he wasn't scared. He just, he didn't shoot the ball that great. Um, so quickly, he's going to be a big part of this team. I'm excited about it. Yeah. And I think it, as long as he continues to develop properly and they give him the appropriate minutes, that's where we're going to see him continuously take steps forward. And I think for the most part, um, it really comes down to the combinations that Tim Thibodeau uses. It's going to be hard to get all these guys on the court at the same time. And really throughout the, the course of a game, like how do you get Quentin Grimes on the court? How do you get Miles McBride on the court when you have Alec Burks, um, you know, kind of taking up those minutes at shooting guard? Um, how do you think they use these guys? Like, are they going to be more yeah. garbage minute type players? Like, you know, just throw them in for winning or losing by a lot. I don't even know. So it, it doesn't help that Grimes and McBride both had great summer leagues because, you know, the Nick fan base and me too. I see a rookie that plays well, plays hard, is likable. You know, both are good shooters and I want them to play. It's tough. The Knicks are deep. Um, and especially when you have a coach like Tom Thibodeau, who you know had Derrick Rose out there in the fourth quarter in a preseason game? Um, you know it's tough, and you know I don't see them really getting much much burn in the beginning of the season. But this is something I always sort of forget about. And it goes back to football. There's injuries. There's next things happen. Like you know when we drafted Kadarius Tony, I said you know he's behind Shepard and Slayden and, and Galladay. Things happen. You know, first of all, Shepard gets hurt all the time. You know, Slayton, you know, he, he pulls up a hamstring. Things happen. You know, I hope no one gets hurt. But, you know, there could be, you know, Ro you know, Rose is, is older and he could tweak something. Or, you know, I don't think Thibodeau is going to give him days off because he's Tom Thibodeau. But, you know, I assume they get a chance at some point. And, you know, if it's not this season, I just want them to stay involved, um, you know, be a part of the team and grow to next season because they both look like good players. But I do want to see them, honestly. Yeah, and, yeah, and like you said, they both look good in the summer league. Uh, Grimes and McBride, both defensive-minded players who can also score. And I think that's what Tom Thibodeau is going for in this draft. Like, they wanted Chris Duarte. Unfortunately, didn't fall their way, and he was, you know, taken by the Pacers and whatnot. But 
I think Grimes was like their second choice. He's kind of like the yeah. knockoff version of Duarte. You know, Duarte is kind of guy like you want to you want him to be playing now. Um, and I think Grimes is more of a developmental guy. You know, coming out of Houston, he's a player who really has the capabilities to be a very efficient scorer. He is able to create opportunities for himself. He's not just a spot up shooter, but he's a super aggressive defender too. Um, and that's really excites me the most about him. And you know, when you're looking at the seating here, uh, Brett, and you're trying to figure out, you know, where do the Knicks fall in in the long list of teams here that like really are going to be good this this upcoming season? How do you see the Knicks kind of competing? Do you think they're going to a six seed or a fifth seed? I think they're going to be really ending up in that fix five and six spot. That's going to be their good. They're their, probably their chance to get into the postseason without having to play into the in the plan play in tournament. So my whole life, I've been a pretty optimistic Knicks fan, which has gone pretty poorly because you know there's been years where i thought you know we have this we have that we might be decent now we're finally good and i'm i'm like sort of becoming realistic so we were the four seed last year i don't see that happening again so you have brooklyn and milwaukee who you know even without Kyrie Irving, the nets are going to be a one or a two seed um you know harden and durant and you know we're not ta- we're not going to talk injuries right now. The Bucks should will be a one or two seed. Then you have Philly. Even without Ben Simmons, I expect a big year out of Embiid, and I expect the team to sort of rally and and you know they're sort of a lock for a three four seed as well. Now Atlanta is a good team, and I know a lot of New York fans don't like them and don't like Trey Young, but they're a good team. They beat us pretty badly in the playoffs, and you know they're young, they're getting better. I expect them to be better than us too. So that's four seeds, right? Then we sort of get in the mix. I see us, Miami, Boston, Indiana, and Chicago all in that mix. I'm going to give Miami ahead of us. You know, they added Kyle Lowry. Um, they added P.J. Tucker, which I kind of forgot about till I was looking at their lineup before this. Um, they, should, they should be above us. That's five. Then you have us, Boston. So Boston had a really bad season last year. They're tough to sort of judge because they should have been better than us last year, but they weren't. Jason Tatum is – a really good player. Uh, Jalen Brown's a really good player. So long-winded way of me saying this, I'd like to be a top six seed because what the playing game is seven, eight, nine, ten at this point. So I think that's our target. That's our goal is to finish on that six seed. Now I, I'm going to be more realistic and say we're a six to an eight. It's, you know, it's us, it's Indiana, it's Chicago. Um, you know, Charlotte's even there, but we should be better than them. So I'm going to go six seven eight right there yeah and it it depends on a couple of different factors right and i think one of them being how well can the defense consistently play you know losing alfred Payne and and reggie bullock reggie bullock really was better for his defense for the most part but i will say the knicks ranked first in like most categories including like defensive efficiency and points allowed per game they were phenomenal defensively going from like bottom half like 30 plus or 28 plus to top five top three in most defensive categories can they replicate that you know if they can we're looking at a team that now has fournier and walker they are capable of scoring over 100 110 points per game um and they just put up 125 against the pacers again preseason game not gonna put much juice into that but at the end of the day if they can mimic those defensive uh qualities from last season and they can increase their offensive production three-point shooting remaining consistent remaining in the 39 to 40 percent range they're going to be a very good team and people are underrating them also the development of rj barrett what happens if he gets a lot better what happens if he's averaging 20 points per game uh compared to 17 last year and his assists go up a little bit and he's you know creating more up a little bit 
efficiency up a little bit. He's just getting better and better and better. The guy, every home game, the night before, he spends the entire night working on a shot. Like the guy, his work ethic is next to none. It's unparalleled. You know, he's someone that I believe is going to be an all star within the next two or three seasons. Um, and I think that him being that kind of number two next to RJ, uh, uh, Julius Randle is ideal. I think Julius Randle replicates what he did last season. His points per game might go down a little bit because there's so many mouths to feed now with right. Kemba and Fournier. But as long, I don't care if, if his points production goes down, as long as his efficiency stays the same, I'm totally fine with it. You know, that's really what we're going for here. And during the postseason, when that comes around, you know, Atlanta was, it was simple for them. Make sure you cut the you 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 triple team Julius Randle when he gets into the paint and make them kick the ball out, make them take shots, make Reggie Bullock beat you, um, you know, make Ev- Alfred Payton beat you. Put the pressure on Derrick Rose until he get event- evidently just gets hurt or he can't go, which is exactly what happened. They had to rely on Derrick Rose and he ends up getting hurt and can't really finish off those games. Um, you know, now they can't do that unless there's injuries throughout the season. And they're not available, but I love what they did with the point guard spot. Derrick Rose and, and Kemba Walker balancing those two guys out. Uh, have them play half the game each, you know, mitigate fatigue, incorporate quickly, incorporate Burks, incorporate Miles McBride in there to give them some rest every now and then against weaker opponents. And I'll tell you what, I think they set this up, this point guard position up absolutely beautifully for the future. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you said that well. Um, you know, you know, it's funny, Vegas actually isn't giving us that much love. So I pulled it. They have our over under at 41 and a half. Um, we had 41 wins last year. We were on pace for 46, I believe, if it was a 82 game season. Um, you know, this is I'm not that surprised. Um, you know, some of the, that that GM survey came out, and there wasn't a single GM that picked us in the top four. Um, this is fine. You know, I, it's fine. You know, we could play. You know, with our backs against the wall, and people not thinking we're going to be that good this year. Um, but I, I, like I said, I really like to get in that top six seed, sort of back up what we did last year. Absolutely, and and I'll tell you what didn't didn't they, what do they have? Is that forty one wins? Maybe. Yeah. What the over under? Yeah. Forty one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Forty one. Yeah. If I'm a I'm a betting man on occasion, I'm betting on that. <laughs> like I'm yeah. betting on the over on that. Like that's if 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 the Knicks if all goes well, they're gonna be a better team than people think. I don't really understand. It's just a classic Knicks you know like they've been a bad team they're obviously going to give us a, a lesser odds uh and I it's justified but I, w- I would I would make it's, that better. yeah I think it, it's it might be less about us than that Chicago got a little better Miami got a little better Boston for some reason had a disaster year you know Charlotte should be a little better with LaMelo um you know it's just I, I, all these teams these mid-tier teams just got a little bit better I, like I said I, I would go over on 41 and a half also yeah, I think I think that's a pretty uh, pretty good bet. Um, but Brett, you have any other topics you want to talk about, or we can wrap this episode up and really just you know a nice combo of uh, different topics here for you guys to enjoy in the first episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to keep this episode a little short. You know, we don't want to go crazy. We had one preseason game. They play again Saturday. Um, you know, the season starts two weeks from yesterday, which that is a weird way to say that. I think it starts October twenty third. I think no. I think it was the nineteenth. Okay, yeah, I just totally, I just totally put my brain in a pretzel with that. Yes, I'll check, I'll check for um, you while you're. But yeah, we're gonna, on. we're gonna be coming back on here. You know, it's gonna be an exciting season. Um, there's always stuff going on on the court, off the court. Twentieth. Twentieth. Um, yep. Right, so it's against the Boston Celtics. Celtics. Yeah, I'll be there on ESPN. Give me a nice game. Yeah, they got us on a bunch of uh, national TV oh, games. Oh, a lot I this year. Stat. I put so it, yeah, many. It's, it's like it's double, awesome. maybe triple. 
<laughs> so we have the opening night. I know we have Christmas Day versus Atlanta, which will be wild. Um, you know, I think we have a Lakers game on national. It's just a bunch. It's going to be a lot. You know, as long as as long as we uh, play well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, that, that's exactly right. As long as we play well, that's that's what yeah. they all say, Brett. <laughs> as long yeah. as we play well, it'll be a lot of fun. But I think we will. I think we have a team that can compete. Um, how well they can compete against the the Lakers of the world, who knows? You know, that's going to be the big challenge. Like, how well can the Knicks stand up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis? And you obviously got Melo over there now, so it's like a crazy a crazy league. There's so many great teams. I think the Knicks are on their way. You know, they're building. They're on an upward trajectory. That's all you can ask for as an organization, as a fan. You know, both of us being Knicks fans. That's all you can ask from a team that's been in the in the dumps for a very, very long time. So I'm really, really excited for this season. It's going to be so much fun. Um, you have so much talent, so much untapped potential with some of these young guys. And I think yep. this is going to be one of the most exciting seasons we've had in maybe a decade. So guys, really excited for this podcast to continue going throughout the season. Really get involved. Um, you know, we're going to be going on YouTube as well. So make sure to tune in for that as we start that journey over on YouTube and really giving you guys some good graphics. We'll be including you know, highlights and whatnot from the games and hopefully reactions and stuff. So it's going to be super, super fun. Make sure to tag along and subscribe and make sure to subscribe on Apple and Spotify and obviously on YouTube when we have that going hopefully in the next couple of days. And Brett, you know, any, any last words? Yeah, last quick hitter for you. Do the Giants beat the Cowboys this week? Do the Giants beat the Cowboys this week? Oh, God, hit me. In I don't the mean to get heart. you worked up. I don't want to get you worked up. I know you have five <laughs> other Giants podcasts. Quick, do we beat them? Well, after beating the Saints, yeah, we're going to beat them. I have. Okay. I can't say no. Come on, man. I'm a freaking Giants fan. I agree. Fan. No, I agree. Giants are, <laughs> Giants are rolling. We're, we're rolling. The offense looked good. We, we unleashed an offense last week that surprised even Jason Garrett himself. So I think yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, man. But really awesome to have this first episode with you. Make sure to subscribe, guys. We'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Knicks episode. All right. Take care, Alex. Thank you.